Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. I hope everyone is staying warm. These last two weeks, it seems all around the country, have have been true quilt weather, as I would call them. <laughs> it's just, it's been so bitterly cold here in the Midwest where we are, so I've just been spending my nights reading under piles of quilts with uh, snuggles from my cat, just trying to stay warm. <laughs> uh, this type of weather, though, makes me very thankful to be a quilter and that I have a bunch of quilts lying around ready to be used. Today's show is a fun one. We're talking about using different types of fabric in your projects. So we touch on everything from flannel to denim to even laminate, and we give tips for using these in your projects. We also chat with Allison Harris of Cluck Cluck Sew. Allison is the designer of our Quilts and More Table Runner Sew Alongs this year, and we loved getting to know her more. So let's dive in. For many of us, quilting cotton is our go-to when we're making projects. But there are so many fun types of fabrics in the market, and some of these specialty types of fabric are being made with higher quality and cuter materials than we may have seen in the past. So I'm here with Joanna, the editor of Quilts and More magazine, to talk about the different kinds of fabric you may want to consider when sewing your next project. So this is definitely an interesting topic. I love to explore and experiment when I sew, but I know that can be a little scary or even outright intimidating for other sewers when you're presented with all of those different types of materials. It's always tempting to just stick with quilting cottons because you know how they work when you sew them and you know more or less how they will wash after your project is complete. So there's a lot of safety and familiarity there. Today we're going to share some tips for five other types of fabrics that you might want to include in your repertoire. And um, my hope is that it will encourage you to try out something new without any fear. So one thing to note before we get into the list is that different types of fabrics do behavior, behave a little differently than quilting cottons, and that includes that they wash differently. So keep that in mind if you're planning to mix different types of fabrics in one projects. I'm not usually someone who pre-washes her fabrics, but I do make sure to pre-wash if I know I'm using different types of fabrics in the same project. It hasn't happened to me yet, but I've heard a couple of horror stories from other quilting friends where they mixed fabrics in one of their quilts and then after they washed it, some of the fabrics shrunk in the wash and other ones didn't. And it just led to a mess of a project that puckered and bunched in all the wrong places. Yeah, great point, Joanna. That's really good to remember. Um, so what's the first fabric we're going to talk about? The first fabric type we're going to talk about is flannel. Of all the fabrics that we're talking about today, I'd say flannel is probably the most similar to quilting cottons 
and it has the least amount of special considerations. In fact, I'm willing to bet that if you've tried a fabric other than quilting cottons, you've probably tried flannels at some point. So flannels make for really cozy backings, and a quilt that's made completely of flannel, both the quilt top and the backing, can be a very warm but very heavy quilt. Flannel tends to unravel at the edges, and it can shrink quite a bit when you wash it. So if you're converting a pattern that's meant for quilting cottons, you're gonna wanna remember to get some extra fabric and uh, account for that extra fabric need for the fraying edges if you're using it with flannels instead. It's always a good idea to pre-wash your flannel since it shrinks so much, especially if you plan to use it as the backing to a cotton quilt top. In fact, that story from earlier, it was actually a mix of flannel quilting cottons and a couple of other things. Um, so a little bit of secondhand experience that uh, definitely want to pre-wash that flannel. Because of how flannel unravels too, you'll want to use a larger seam allowance, such as a half an inch seam allowance, and then press your seams open if you're comfortable doing that, which will really just help the bulk of that seam allowance. So if you've worked with flannel, you already know this, but flannel can also cause a lot of lint. So just be sure to clean your machine after sewing with it. Speaking of messy fabrics, let's talk about plush fabric next. Plush fabric is a knit fabric with either low or high pile fibers on top. You'll want to use a knit jersey sewing machine needle with it. It tends to stretch a lot and it's often a very thick fabric, so increase your stitch length. Consider using a walking foot to evenly feed the fabric without any puckers and use a lot, and I mean a lot, a lot of pits. So if you're new to sewing with plush, something you may run into when piecing fabric for like a backing or even a quilt top is that many plush fabrics have a nap or a direction that the fibers go. So just keep that nap direction in mind when you're sewing the pieces together. I once made a backing for a quilt and I had the naps going in different directions and it drives me absolutely nuts. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I, uh, I made some toys once with, um, with plush fabric and it was a little frustrating because I had to recut a couple of pieces, but I did catch it in time. But yeah, think of it like petting an animal, like you, you stroke in their fur in one direction. It just reminds me, uh, our, our carpeting in our house was put on with the naps running in different directions. So every time I vacuum, I have to vacuum certain ways <laughs> and not all in one direction because of the way the naps run. So it is important, but maybe I'm just annoyed by oh, that no. stuff more than others. <laughs> it's one of those things you don't think to think about, but it's a consideration when you're using plush. Well, you definitely sure. will notice it if you do it wrong. <laughs> Yes. Uh, also, going back to what you're we talking about with earlier with mess, keep some lint rollers handy because when you cut into plush fabric, it usually usually leaves lots of little fabric bits behind when you cut into it. Once it's pieced together, the fiber bits should stop being a problem. Like it will stop shedding once it's you know enclosed in a seam. Um, but whenever I sew with plush fabric, I joke that my sewing room becomes invaded by the fuzzies because there's just fluff everywhere and it can be a little annoying to clean. Yes, so true. Um, I have a great tip to share though. If you place your cut plush pieces in the dryer with a damp washcloth and then just put it on low heat for about 10 minutes, 
it significantly just cuts down on all the fuzzies while you're working, and then you'll just want to clean your lint trap out. (laughs) Oh, nice. I'll have to try that next time. I always feel bad because the dog ends up full of it, and, like, then, (laughs) yeah. You just have that moment later where you're like, I'm sorry, girl. (laughs) Or you just find it on your clothes, like, a month later. Pretty much. So next up is denim. I actually love using denim because it's so sturdy, and whenever I have an old ripped-up pair of jeans, I like to salvage as much of it as I can by cutting up the fabric and then using it in other projects. I'm just, you know, kind of like to recycle like that. Denim is especially good for things like bags, especially bag bottoms, because of that durability. Denim can be quite thick and bulky, especially in a project that uses only denim fabrics. So test how your machine handles bulky seams and the thickness of the layers. My sewing machine does okay with a layer or two, but if the seams get too bulky, I need to use the hand crank, um, you know, the wheel on the side of the machine, to get over the seam without worrying about the fabric repositioning and, you know, making a wonky seam or breaking needles. Canvas also acts pretty similar to denim if you want to try some of the cool canvas prints on the market. I know every time I see those new canvas prints, I just want to try them for something. Yeah, and we should just point out that they sell denim needles and denim thread. So if you are kind of going all in on the thicker denim, they make specific needles to uh, deal with that bulk um, and then thread to, to really hold those pieces tight. So that is an option if you're going to be sewing a lot with denim. Um, But there are some really amazing new denims on the market right now that aren't as bulky as jeans. They're very thin and they're easy to work with. And I've seen them used in bags and garments and and even quilts mixed with cotton. So definitely check those out if you love the look of denim, but you're kind of afraid to to get into the the thicker stuff right now. (laughs) Laminates or vinyl are the next fabric we're talking about. Um, So vinyls work a little different than other fabrics because there is a coating on one side. So when you're using a laminate, you want to use clips instead of pins because pins will permanently puncture that plastic coating, leaving you with these little holes in your project that you will never get rid of. You will always see them. Um, You could also use like washi tape to hold your pieces together too a great idea. Uh, One thing to consider with the coating is it can get a little sticky as you're moving it through the machine. So use a Teflon sewing machine foot. If you don't have one or if your machine doesn't have that option, you can add a little scotch tape to the bottom of your sewing machine foot in a pinch. That's a good idea. I have used scotch tape before and it works great. So finally, let's talk about knits. So knits are a type of fabric I've actually been using a lot lately because I've been trying to learn garment sewing. Oh, yay! Yeah, and just like some of those other materials we were talking about, um, it's very helpful if you get the right sewing machine needle, um, and there are just different techniques you can use that help to deal with knits because they have a lot of stretch. So getting the right type of sewing machine needle Uh, will help because those needles don't puncture and break the fabric threads. Twin needles, if your machine has that option, or a zigzag stitch, uh, another good option, um, helps uh, stitch knits together while allowing them to still stretch so that way they don't pucker and the threads don't break. Uh, As I mentioned, knits are often used for garment sewing because that stretch gives them a nice drape. And they also work well with sergers if you happen to have one 
Um, that's something that if you ever look on the bottom of the t-shirt, you'll see that serger seam for capturing those raw ends. So it's very helpful if you do happen to have one. Yeah, thanks so much, Joanna. Uh, we know it's sometimes scary to use fabric out of your comfort zone, but if you've been curious, we encourage you to try. We have a lot of tips to share and videos for sewing all types of fabrics on our website. So if you're feeling like you need a little, little extra help, we'll link to those in the show notes. We're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're chatting with Allison Harris of Cluck Cluck Sew. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. I'm now handing the mic over to Allison Gam, the designer of Quilts and More magazine, to interview Allison Harris of Cluck Cluck Sew. It just seemed right that the Allison on our staff chat with Allison of Cluck Cluck Sew. So take it away to both Allisons. <laughs> Hi, Allison. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here today. We're excited to have you. Can you start by telling us a bit about yourself and how you got started quilting and sewing? And where did the name Cluck Cluck Sew come from? Yeah, you bet. I get asked that all the time. <laughs> I, um, so I started quilting and sewing about, um, gosh, 14 years ago. I was pregnant with my first son and uh, my mom had always quilted and I really had no interest growing up. Um, and then when I got pregnant, I just kind of, I wanted to make a quilt for my son and um, I kind of started to get interested in it. And we went to, um, oh gosh, the grocery store one night. I went with my mom and uh, we walked past some magazines and one of them was a Quilt and More magazine. <laughs> this quilt by Denise Schmidt on the front. It's a, It was a really simple snowball quilt. I still have the magazine all these years late years later and it just i don't know what it was about it it just totally sucked me in and um i bought the magazine and i took it to my mom and um, she was over the moon thrilled that i wanted to learn how to quilt and um, she took me to a little local quilt shop and we actually found all the fabric for it and that was my first kind of entrance into um quilting. So I started quilting um, with that quilt. And then I just kind of taught myself free motion quilting and um, some new techniques from from then on. And, um, and I had a family blog at the same time, like a blog that I shared my family pictures and stuff um, on it. And, and um, I wanted to share what I was making and kind of keep a record of what I was making because I was giving a lot of it away. So I I had the idea to make a quilt blog and um, I needed a catchy name. <laughs> and I grew, I grew up with chickens and um, I was sewing in my mom's sewing room and like quilting. And I literally heard like the chickens clucking <laughs> like they do when they lay an egg, they kind of go crazy. And um it literally popped in my mind, cluck, cluck. So, so um, I, I don't have a great, like, 
everybody asks, how'd you come up with that name? And honestly, it just popped in my head. And um, that, that's, that's where the best it. ideas come from yeah, sometimes. So true. Yeah, you know, it's like an inspired idea when um when it's like that. So it, I still like it all these years later, too. So I'm glad that, you know, I stuck with something yeah, I, I, love actually, it. I actually liked. It's not, not too weird. Right. It's kind of awkward when somebody asks and I have to say cluck you know like a chicken and just look at me <laughs> weird but <laughs> it's memorable at least yeah yeah <laughs> so in addition to learning all these quilting techniques and skills on your own um, you have designed so many fun quilt patterns and a lot of them are beginner friendly can you talk a bit about your process and how you make sure that your patterns are accessible to many skill levels yeah, so I uh, I really, I feel like beginner-friendly, quick patterns just um, really fit my personality. And it's what I'm drawn to. And I think it's just my, uh, oh, I have four kids and I'm busy. And I think it just fits my life really well. So um, I make what I'm drawn to and I make uh, patterns. Really, I always make patterns for myself, patterns that I would like and quilts that I like making. Um, are fast and they're not frustrating. They don't take months and months and are something that I'll shove in the closet because I'm sick of working on it. Um, <laughs> that's kind of what what I try to uh, make. I try to make things that are simple and easy, approachable patterns. So, um, you know, I think my I my quilts are they're great for a beginner. Most are very beginner friendly. But they're also great for a seasoned quilter who um, wants a quick project, who just needs a quick in-between project or a sewing for someone else. Um, anyways, it's kind of just what I'm drawn to, and I've never really done anything else, so I'm sticking with it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and your it. patterns are beautiful. It's funny because... In prepping for this podcast, I was looking at your patterns and there are so many in there that I've had like checked that I want to make and I just need to get on it. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, we all have our list. Of yes. <laughs> they're probably never going to make, but we love to. <laughs> um, many of the quilts you make are very scrappy, but they have really controlled and cohesive color palettes. And I know that um, mixing different fabrics and fabric lines can be intimidating for some people. Do you have any advice on how to select fabrics for a scrappy quilt? Yeah, so I I rarely ever make a quilt from one line of fabric, unless it's like my own line of fabric I have to sew with. I <laughs> very, very rarely, I can't even remember doing it. But so usually when I go to start making a quilt, I start with like one or two focal fabric. So I'll pick like a pretty floral or a fun novelty fabric or um, even a fun polka dot with a couple different colors in it. But as long as it has um, a few different colors within that print to kind of pull from, that's always my starting point. So I will get a fun colorful print with at least maybe three colors in it and then pull um, colors from that print and different shades um, of like let's say if there's a blue in the floral, I will get um, a blue that matches that floral. And then I will also get like a pretty navy blue in the same shade or a light blue in the same shade. So I kind of work in the same color groups. I never use a ton of different colors because it can get too a little too crazy. Mm -hmm. um, 
But yeah, that's usually how I go about it. I pick one focal fabric first and then add in some basics. I use a lot of basics, um, polka dots, stripes, small little um, near solids, um, things like that. I use a lot of solids and it, it gives the eye somewhere to move. So that would be my biggest piece of advice would be add in a lot of basics, a lot of solids because it gives your eye somewhere to rest and it keeps it from being too busy. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. that's another issue that quilters have um, when they're yeah, you know, unsure of choosing fabrics, making sure yeah. you have a little bit of, yeah, like that breathing room you were talking about. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So since you've used a lot of scraps, do you have um, a particular way you store them to make sure you stay organized? Okay. So I'm totally going to confess. I hate scraps. <laughs> scraps. I, I hate storing scraps. I just, um, I hardly ever use them because it takes so long to cut them all up and press them. And it takes double the amount of time. And like <laughs> crappy quilter knows it takes so long to use the scraps. So I will do it usually out of guilt. I will make like one, usually one a year, like a really good scrap quilt with all my scraps. But for the most part, I donate them. I donate them to, um, guilds. I don't, I found a, a nice network of uh, people and groups who love them and use them to make charity quilts and um, who are really good at using the fabric. So I really don't keep a lot of scraps on hand. <laughs> I have one um, big basket that I kind of throw everything in when I, when I sew um, and I keep them in there. And then maybe every four to six months I go through them and donate most of them and keep like my absolute favorites i have some scraps in there that i've had for 14 years forever <laughs> that i just can't like part with and i'll probably yeah. never use but i love it <laughs> um anyways so i really i don't i know so many quilters use their scraps and are amazing at it and i'm just not <laughs> i buy a lot of small cuts of fabric i bought buy a lot of back quarters and quarter yards and so that's mostly what i will just cut what I need off of like a fat quarter and then fold it up and put it back but actual like tiny scraps I, I I'm horrible at actually using <laughs> that's all right hey at least you can donate them to somewhere where you know yeah. they'll be used well <laughs> exactly some, I know someone wants them and they make beautiful quilts with them yeah exactly I feel so guilty <laughs> Um, so you um, created a product called diagonal seam tape that is brilliant. Um, can you talk about the product and like what it is, how you use it and how you came up with the idea? Yeah, you bet. So um, diagonal seam tape is a small washi tape um, that fits on your machine in front of your walking foot. And it acts as a guide um, as you're making diagonal seams like for snowball corners. Um, some, some people call them a stitch and flip corner. That's what I call them. Um, and it acts as a guide so that you don't need to mark pencil lines or diagonal lines on the back side of the fabric before you sew. So um, for like a snowball block, um, you would use it as a guide for sewing on the corners instead of having to mark a pencil line on each one of those squares. And it also has like quarter inch lines um, to act as a guide for sewing a nice quarter inch or you can make half square triangles with it without uh, marking. So it has lots of different uses. Um, and I, I actually had 
since, I mean, since before I can remember when I started quilting, I've always had a piece of painter's tape on my sewing machine that I used in the same manner. I um, drew some lines on it and I used it as a guide for the same thing for um, making diagonal seams. And I kept having this like thought, like I, I just need to make a product <laughs> that looks better on my machine. First of all, like the painter's tape was peeling up over time and just um, doesn't look super hot to have <laughs> tape across the front of your machine. So um, that's kind of where it came from. I just kind of had this recurring idea that I just needed to do it. And so here we are. It's it so clever. I mean, a while to figure out. Yeah, I, I bet. It. <laughs> it worked out. And I, lo and I love it. I use it myself. I used it myself for a long time before I, uh, maybe about seven or eight months before I made it public. Because um, I really just kind of made it for myself and I gave it to some of my close quilty friends and um, and had them try it and see what they thought. And um, one of them mentioned, uh, you should make this, you should tell people that you made it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when I kind of decided to to sell it also. Awesome. Well, yeah, I highly recommend this product to anyone listening because um, we actually featured it in Quilts and More yeah, um, a little did. while back. Awesome. And so um, I made some of the samples for photography and it was so easy to use. And I, like anytime you don't have to draw all those lines. Yeah, is, it saves so yeah. much time. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Hey, it's Lindsay. I hate to interrupt, but we have to take a quick ad break. We'll be back soon to hear more from Allison. So in addition to um, coming up with amazing products and patterns, um, you're also a fabric designer. Um, so how do you come up with your designs and collections? And do you have anything new in the works? Um, so I, I kind of just wait. I know a lot of like designers um, come out with a lot of collections, you know, every year and they usually have some kind of inspiration. And I kind of wait for inspiration to strike. I'm not, I'm not actively really ever looking for ideas, but I stick with kind of the floral, um, the floral kind of motif. And, um, and usually I have like a fun novelty print in there. This last one, I, made chickens was kind of my focal point it had some chi a chicken print in it and of course it needed i needed <laughs> to have like a chicken fabric so um that was kind of my starting point with this last one and um i did a kids line before that so usually it just kind of comes and i don't ever like really go seeking for inspiration i usually just randomly find it when i'm not looking which <laughs> i find most inspiration kind of comes that way you if you stop looking for it it will come um, <laughs> And so that's kind of how I go about that. But as far as like anything new, I have nothing. I have zero. I've, I really <laughs> took the year off this last 2020. I kind of took off um, just to kind of reset what I wanted to do and mm -hmm. fabric wise. And, but, um, but anyways, I'm starting, I, I'm getting the motivation to kind of, I kind of wait for motivation to start like, oh, I should do that again and get into right. it again. So it's starting, I'm thinking about <laughs> it and yeah, well, I'm excited to see what your what your next oh, collection you. will be. <laughs> thank you. It's a fun thing to do, and it's fun not to feel you know rushed to right to put something out over and over and over. And I appreciate Wyndham Fabrics for that. They're very um, good with my go with the flow attitude about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, good. Anyways, yeah. 
Um, so I just wanted to end the interview with um, some quick, fun questions. Okay. Um, so the first question, which of your patterns have you made over and over again? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, very few of them, actually. <laughs> I am, I'm like a one time. I like making it like one time and, and done. But I've probably made my um, my Brightly. It's a newer pattern that came out last year and I think I've made that five times and that's probably the most I've ever made one is that brightly pattern um yeah that's probably it <laughs> I made that the most um what favorite color combos do you use in your quilts oh blues I am like an all I could do blue all day long blues <laughs> aquas teals um teal and red and um, navy are kind of my go-to they're always kind of my go-to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you watch or listen to when you sew? So I listen to, I'm, I'm a nerd. I love podcasts and I listen to a lot of like, um, this is so dorky, like investing podcasts. <laughs> it's another, it's like another thing that I love and it's a hobby of mine. So I listen to a lot of those. Um, I listen to some audiobooks usually. Um, I just finished watching The Queen's Gambit on Netflix while mm -hmm. I was sewing, which is was perfect. Like a slow show like that. Right. It's perfect because you don't have to like watch it the whole time. So that I usually will find like kind of a slow paced show to watch. Um yeah, that's usually about it. I don't I'm not really a music person. I like a podcast or um or a, or a good show like that. <laughs> it's kind of my tune out time. I can tune out and just sew and listen. Yeah, to that's perfect. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is your favorite part of the quilting process? Uh, choosing fabrics. That's easy. Yeah, choosing fabrics is definitely, definitely my favorite. Just making the different color combinations and seeing how it comes together um, is for sure my favorite. Yeah. And right along with that, my least favorite is always basting, of course. I think everyone says that. And um, and sewing the blocks together, like the final <laughs> layout, it's the worst. Because it's big and bulky and hard to fit yeah. under the machine. And, you know, you know, yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with you on those. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. It was so fun chatting with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Wow. Thank you so much to both Allisons. I just loved hearing their chat. Allison is such a talented designer, and we love how achievable her patterns are for quilters of all skill levels. She even has a large selection of free patterns and tutorials on her website. So we'll link to all the resources she mentioned today in our show notes, as well as her website and social media links so that you can connect with her more. And like I mentioned earlier in the show, she's the designer of a series of four seasonal table runner patterns that will be appearing in each issue of Quilts and More magazines this year. They're so cute and we're doing sew-alongs with each one to keep the fun going all year long. The sew-along for our spring table runner is ending this week, but the summer one doesn't start for a few months, so there's plenty of time to catch up and join us. So we'll link to all those details in our show notes. Everyone have a great week and stay warm.